0: So, any questions tonight? Yes. Um, you've said many times that Krishna can't be captured with your intellect, but then you also say that there's a place for uh, your intellect within devotional Vashanam. So I was wondering if you could explain that. Well, it's not something that we haven't talked about uh, before. Um, in, in fact, we addressed it just the other night. I don't know if you were here, but um, by... Saying that we can't capture a Christian with our intellect, what we mean to say is that that the bhakti is not is not an intellectual um, transaction. Hmm? The the uh, it's said in the Puranas, "Atashi Krishna nama di The The um, that Krishna cannot be understood with material senses, hmm. and it uh, can't be experienced with material senses, and similarly, with uh, intellect is also material, hmm. um, material mind. So the point is that these have to be spiritualized. Krishna So what's advocated in this verse is something that transcends the sensual, mental, and intellectual preoccupation and pursuit of the conditioned jiva, jivatma. Hmm? Because the conditioned jivatma, these are its instruments of perception and action Hmm? and and decision-making and so forth. And... um, and they're all a product of, um, or a- aspects of that um, hankar, false ego, false identification. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're used in relation to sense objects mm, in the world for the purposes of that uh, misconceived sense of self, self-mistaken sense of self. So to just go on with that same exercise, you're not going to f- find Krishna, capture Krishna with that. Mm-hmm. Um, intellect is kind of the higher upper rim of the uh, material hierarchy from sense objects to senses, which means the body, mm-hmm. to mind and intellect. And then Atma. But Atma is not in that hierarchy of material. Um, faculties it is categorically different substantively different hmm. it's a different substance it's not even a different category of matter but a different substance altogether hmm. in one sense it's a different category because it's one of the shaktis of Krishna <laughs> and so is the material energy one of the shaktis but um, but not in the category of matter
1: hmm it's a
0: different substance from matter it's chit chichakti hmm. so uh, i it it, it 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 itself is self luminous hmm. and while intellect casts light on the world hmm, it doesn't have the capacity to cast light on the soul it's like the candle can't light the sun hmm. so there has to be another way hmm. Sun has to rise um, on its own, so to speak. We have to position ourselves in such a way that the sun of Krishna consciousness will arise in our heart. And that's what we call sadhana. So, sadhana. The point is, it's not an intellectual exercise. You can capture certain things with your intellect, but not your atma because it's inferior in nature. So, it can't. It can't guide the soul. It can't. Um, as I say, illuminate the soul, which is the source of illumination. If the intellect has any illuminating capacity, it's because of the Atma's presence. Hmm? So be, so the what we need require is a spiritual transaction. Now Sevan Mukhe Jivado, the verse says, so the way in which Krishna will be experienced is by Sevan Jivado, by Having a spiritual uh, serving ego, jivado. Jibha here means the tongue, not jiva jibha. Jivado, ado, beginning with the tongue, which is, means implication is the name. Hmm? So put the name on the tongue, hmm? and the, the name moves the tongue. Let the name rise as the name arises in the heart of the sadhu and dances on his or her tongue, makes its way into your ear and goes down into your heart, and comes back up and dances on your tongue is the idea. So we, so bhakti, sadhana bhakti, is uh, the, um, the embracing of the um, Angasubhakti bhakti with the senses. Hmm. Or, put another way, bhakti, arresting the senses. You can't arrest Krishna with your senses, your intellect, but, but bhakti could arrest your senses and arrest your mind and arrest your intellect hmm. to function in relation to her pursuit, which is always to please Krishna. Hmm. And this is, the, this is the shift then. Mm, between calm and preem, mm, between, between um, selfish desire, which is indriya India indriya-priti, indriya-priti, love of the senses, desire to serve the senses, is kama, Krishna vancha the desire to serve the senses of Krishna, that's preem. rishikena rishikesha Bhakti when your senses become engaged in the service of Rishikesh, instead of in the service of whoever you think you are, Mm. other than servant of Krishna, mm, then you are involved in a spiritual transaction. Mm. And um, and then in the context of that, just as your senses are used, so your mind will be used and the intellect will also be used. Mm. But that's not then an intellectual exercise. That becomes a spiritual exercise that... And it has the power, bhakti. You know, again, you have to stop using the senses, stop using the mind. Mm. And as, as I say, advancement is thought to accrue by giving up things. In bhakti, we advance by adding on things, adding on sadhu and and um, and this this is the the, uh, the birthplace of bhakti. Sarasangha, and there it flourishes. So, by adding bhakti to our life. And um, as I say, bhakti then employs the senses, employs the mind, and the intellect. So, an example that we gave the other night of um, the intellect being employed in serving Krishna was what? What does Krishna say at the end of the Bhagavad Gita? Say this. Sacred conversation. From all sides, from all angles of religion, worshiping worship me with their intelligence. Worship so. me with their intelligence. So, worshiping Krishna with your intelligence is different than trying to capture Krishna with your intelligence and then decide whether or not you're going to serve him. <laughs> That's the difference. Uh, intellectual knowing is kind of um, fence-sitting, kind of knowing. Mm. I mean, you can sit on the fence and know that the grass is greener. It looks, to, it looks like it might be tastier on that side, but until you jump off and chew on it, then you'll never know it. Mm. You can analyze a thing, what it is. You can take an apple and say what it is without tasting it. You really don't know anything about it, even though you know everything about it. Uh, more than I I tasted, I can't say. Did you know that this has this much sugar and this much that, this much fructose and this much, you know, the texture and this much fiber and uh, I don't know any of those things. You don't know anything about an apple. Hmm? Have you ever tasted an apple? No. (laughs) You don't know anything about an apple. Hmm? By tasting it, I know everything about it. Hmm? I know what it's like in 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 a categorically different way. Mm. That's the whole Mary's room argument, for example, in philosophy of mind. Mary was a, was a uh, scientist who was colorblind and she was kept in a black and white room where everything was black and white. And she was a color scientist, so she learned everything about color, all the physical qualities of color. Mm. And um, so she knew everything about color. Until she stepped outside the room once and saw a red dress and had the experience of red that she could not have by knowing intellectually everything about red hmm? all of the physical characteristics of red. she had an experience, a non-physical experience, and it was it was more powerful and compelling. And knowing, comprehensive in terms of knowing, hmm, of red, than uh, anything that she knew thus far, and she knew everything physically about it. So the, the point there is that well, that there are. Um, she had a different. She she had experience of knowledge that's not physical. That that knowledge, the experience of red, is not contained within the physical components of red and hmm. <coughs> knowing them hmm. um, in, in, intellectually. So, um, so uh, we cannot capture Krishna with the intellect, but that does not mean that um, we cannot use our intellect in the Krishna service. Indeed, you have to use all of your, your body, mind, words, intelligence, in Krishna service. Otherwise, you're not fully engaged. So, and in studying the sacred texts and that with a view in mind to, as I often say, use your head to soften your heart. Use your head to soften your heart means you use your head to understand the teaching so that you can apply yourself in the teaching hmm, to change. Hmm? Not that you're just collecting up information here, that you can just spout off at some time and People think you're you're learned, it and then you just ride on the waves of that. I'm learned, it, just see, I know. They, uh, then you you cultivated a weed mm, rather than bhakti. So, so that's my caution. You know, use your head, soften your heart. Let the energy spent in learning and applying your intellect as much as you're bothered by by having one. Um, uh, uh that it be spent in such a way that it, as I say it, it turns into practical service and, and changes the heart that's what we want to do so it's not a the the chanting for example it's not an intellectual exercise it's not a rational it's not an irrational exercise but it's not a rational exercise unto itself I refer to it as a trans rational exercise it's an exercise that picks up where where reason lives off. It can take you to a place where reason cannot, but it's reasonable to do it. Hmm? It's reasonable to conclude that there is a place beyond reason. I'm certainly hopeful because reason is a very boring and a dry um, existence. A reason rule is a very, as I say, proceed with caution type of a life. Hmm? You're always checking everything out and going, go, going cautiously and and uh, not moving like freely, unencumbered by the intellect, happily. Hmm. So, uh, like you would in a foreign country, you're cautious as compared to being in your homeland and you know, how things work and and you don't have to wonder what that means or what he's thinking or you know and so forth. So so we want to enter the homeland of the heart, there's the Braj Lila there. It's Gyan Shunya. Hmm. So, you're not burdened by knowing but they know in a way (laughs) that you can't possibly know Krishna otherwise. Hmm? So, and and we say, rather than intellect, for example, the vehicle is faith. Hmm? And it's hard to grasp because we tend to think of intellect as the vehicle by which we know. Hmm? And... Uh, and often, faith is thought of as lack of intellect hmm? when you when you can 't um, understand it, capture it with your intellect, then you resort to faith, something like that, but that 's not what we mean by faith hmm? by faith we we are speaking about the very principle that animates our lives hmm? faith is absence of doubt. And when we doubt, then we're detained. As soon as you're doubting, then you're not sure if you're gonna be able to go forward on any particular course. So, I mean, it's good to doubt and find your way in in, in some sense, but faith is absence of doubt. So faith in relation to, to bhakti or spiritual life it's an absence of doubt, so it's it's actually it, it, it's um, liberating by this way of explaining. It's it's freedom from, from hesitation, hmm? and um, and and in ordinary life, divine life aside, it's the animating force in anything. Therefore, Krishna says it in the Gita, a person is their faith. It's a powerful idea. I mean, nobody thinks, people don't think of it like that. They, they think of faith in terms of a belief that's not well reasoned out. They think faith is a belief that if you reasoned it out, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that, for example, in God. Hmm. Um, then they think there are things that one should believe in because we can reason about them and, and demonstrate them by, by reasoning or, or by less than that, by empirical evidence. And then there's this whole body of thinking that empirical evidence is a com- comprehensive way of knowing empiricism is a comprehensive way of knowing something any every everything I mean yeah empiricism is can enable us to know certain things but, <laughs> but the idea that it can help us make us know everything is not empirically demonstrable mm-hmm. so it's f- a flawed idea you know to begin with so uh, it's 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 very um uh, limited what it can reveal but it's just it's giving given a real high billing of these these recent uh, uh decades and um so so but we don't we're not defining faith in the same as belief we do believe that belief is part of the intellect but faith is another thing we're talking about here divine faith. And so where we get that from those who have that, it's contagious we associate with them. Well why? Because they convince you? Well they use their logic and their reasoning there to convince you, but their logic and reasoning is coming from their faith. It's it's logic and reasoning that supports their faith. And if they're powerful devotees, there's a transmission that's non intellectual that takes place. And the chitta is affected. By bhakti, song scars, mm. impressions are imprinted on the chitta. Mm. So there's nothing you can do about it, mm. and um, <laughs> and it's like fire—you touch it, you're going to get burned. Mm. So it may, may not uh, take some time and yeah. and a number of such impressions to accrue and start to take shape and show itself, but. Um, it's a spiritual transaction, sato sangha, mm. and through that, of course, then we get sukriti, agat sukriti, gat sukriti, and then it 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 grows and, um, and develops into into faith, mm. and faith then is animating us in relation to the absolute, and it's removing doubt, and so it it it, it is not a it's different than intellectual um, apprehension, apprehending a thing intellectually. Hmm. We could read the book, understand what's being said, and so forth, um, but not do anything about it. Hmm. You could be a, a a Indologist and know the Bhagavatam better than some devotees, in one sense, but have no interest in, in it other than just intellectually. Hmm. Um, Shudharma used to say that if we read the Bhagavatam without the um, blessing of a Vaishnava, yeah, it's it's not bhakti.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, and and we see that I mean they read but they don't get the same feeling. The, the author actually has a feeling. The legendary Vyas is compiling the Bhagavatam, and, and, he, and he's experiencing Krishna. How is he experiencing Krishna? He's experiencing Krishna in his heart of hearts. That's how he's experiencing. Samadhi Nanasmratadvicheshtama. We say it's Samadhi Basha, the language of Samadhi, of the samadhi of Vyas. The Bhagavatam is arising from this. So Krishna was on earth, he performed these pastimes, and they were recorded, you know, they were recorded in the heart of Vyas, he meditated on them, they were meditative. Yes, Krishna was present. We can get some historical evidence to support. There are the coins and the cave drawings and there are the, there's the fort of Dwarka that is found and it corresponds with the Bhagavatam description. There was an ancient city there of Krishna and so forth. So well, I think that academically speaking, they say, yes, there was a Krishna. Mm-hmm. But then the Krishna of the Bhagavatam, what's that? Hmm? Doing all those things that are that are ob- objectively speaking, from our experience, impossible.
1: Hmm?
0: Well, one explanation, of course, is that that this is the way that someone who loves Krishna, who has experience of Krishna, is doing his best to try to describe what that what that's like.
1: Hmm?
0: Just like. Krishna Raskavirash Goswami says, Krishna Nityananda Pushpa Chitro He's saying, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu appeared hmm, and it was uh, just like the sun and the full moon rising at the same time. Hmm? He's just trying to say, this was is this this super extraordinary. He said, they were previously Krishna and Balaram, now they've come again. It's not like, then later on it's passed down and somebody has to have like um, a physical understanding of it and verification of it in order for their faith to be strong. So they start thinking, when Gordon appeared, you know, the sun and the moon, they came up at the same time, you know, and they try to tell us that that actually happened, the sun and the moon, they came up at the same or something like that. Hmm. I mean, it's it's something better than that happened, <laughs> is what Krishnas Kaviraj is trying to say. And he's using an example of something that's very powerful in nature, it's very compelling, awe-inspiring, and uh, and um, enlivening, the sun rises enlivening, the moon rises enlivening, hopeful. Hmm? He's grasping, if you will, at the limits of the objective world to try to combine things together in nature that only appear separately to try to explain what his experience of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityanadipu are. Hmm? So where is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Netanadipu appearing? In the heart of Krishna's kaviraj Goswami. Hmm? In the heart of that's where we want to go. Yes, they appeared on Earth in the heart of the hmm. and yes, they appeared on Earth, and so the stories told about them, and I like to call it like, based on a true story, hmm. and they're just trying to say, philosophically, the nature of the absolute is like this: hmm. that there's you can have reciprocal love within your an atma; he's the source of atmas, and and. And in the fullest expression, the absolute is charm, beauty, and 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 it looks like this, and all these and these things are happening. Mm-hmm. That's the other side. Of it. Mm-hmm. They're trying to combine things together in the objective world and to to, to describe them I mean, and did this and did that, and and then he's actually doing that in the meditative world of the Bhagavatam that the Bhagavatam is inviting us to enter into. We're being invited to enter into the trance of Vyas. At his most mature moments under the um, mandate, the order, the directive of, of his guru, Narada Muni. He sat, went into Samadhi, and in meditation this came out. That's where you want to go. Hmm. Into, into the heart of, uh, of yas yeah, so some super subjective meditative knowing as hmm, uh, what we're uh, concerned with and faith is the vehicle and faith is in this context faith is is different than intellectual knowing intellectual knowing can apprehend a thing only to a point hmm. it's kind of like sitting on the fence as I said Hmm. and when faith intellect is the f- doubting faculty hmm. so when faith is there there's no need for intellect hmm. the doubts are removed and you can go hmm. you understand you don't have to proceed with caution now you can just you can go you can move freely so when we speak of faith we speak of a kind of um, um, movement positive Engagement, clearing of doubt, hmm? retiring of intellect. Now we can use our intellect to develop our faith. That's what the study of the scripture does, because it gives a good bashing to the intellect on the one hand, hmm? and it uh, it presents the beautiful picture of Bhagawan, the philosophical underpinnings of what is Krishna Leela, and a depiction of the Leela from realized souls as to their experience. Hmm? And so, so, therefore, as I say, um, I've said in other places uh, and other times that intellect is most beautiful when it becomes an assistant to faith. Hmm? Unto itself, it rears its ugly head. Hmm? And it is material. So, if it is to rule... hmm, one's life, then um, without something from the other side, it's not going to arrive at the other side. Hmm? Some information it, it will take, take if you try to understand Krishna only with the intellect, you'll lose your faith. Hmm? Because you're trying to enter into a realm where intellect is, is, is unbecoming. Hmm? It doesn't have a place there. The heart is, is out, a faithful heart, and they're moving hmm, freely. Hmm. So, call, Bhagavatam gives a good caution to the limits of intellect, but it should be used to its to its limits, hmm, to its fullest capacity. And so study the Bhagavatam, study the Gita is an example of how to use your intellect in Krishna's service. Hmm. But that's not an example of arresting Krishna with your intellect hmm. the idea is, is is um once gave an example of um Ritarastra and Krishna went to Hastinapur and um there was a um still hope on the side of Duryodhan that he could get Krishna on his side hmm. and then um I guess he came to Hastinapur, and uh, maybe Duryodhana's hopes were diminished until he thought he'd capture Krishna. I think that must have story. capture Krishna, and then Krishna couldn't fight for Arjuna, at least. So he tried to capture Krishna, but Krishna expanded himself in a universal form. So how do you catch the universal form? How do you put a rope around the universe? And and Duryodhana and Dr- was seeing everything inside of Krishna, seeing himself inside of Krishna. <laughs> and then, Oh my God! Where, where am I? You know this kind of thing. So Krishna gave a mystic vision, like he showed Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. Meanwhile, Duryodhana's father Dhrutarashtra Drist- was there, and Dhritarashtra was blind. Hmm. So everybody's going, Krishna is showing a wonderful form. This is amazing! Oh my God! And Dhritarashtra says, Krishna, Krishna, please, just for one minute, give me eyes so that I can see this form. Hmm? And Krishna chuckled and said, if I say, see me without eyes, you can see me. And if I say, with eyes, you cannot see me, you cannot see me. And so he made him see without eyes. Hmm? So the prerogative to show himself lies lies with Krishna. Hmm. Can it cannot be ruled by our intellect, captured by intellect. It's a, it's a puny thing, <laughs> a tiny, tiny, tiny thing. What It can understand some corner of, of some corner of the universe. Hmm. Hmm. And that not even comprehensively. Hmm. So it's a small thing, but we should use it. <laughs> the best so its, its, it's advantage its fullest advantage by mm, studying the, the texts and so forth and the discourses and and um, and that's what sadhana bhakti is. so sadhana bhakti means bhakti coming on the senses, the intellect, the mind mm, purifying them mm, purifying the, and and that means the serving ego is making ingress. And so the enjoying ego is is on the way out, Hmm. and then eventually, then all the senses, mind, intellect, always working to serve Krishna. Hmm. But it's the serving ego that is 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 uh, changes the course, so to speak, Hmm. ordinary course that we're taking, being led by our mind, by senses, by our intellect. That will that is an enjoying course. Enjoyment is is false, and it begets suffering ultimately. But that's um, that's material life. So you need to make a make the shift. Sevan and it's recommended. Put the name on the tongue. Begin with chanting. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, and then and as I say, that's not an intellectual exercise, but it's not an, it's not a rational exercise. It's not a, it's not an irrational exercise either. It's a transrational exercise,
1: hmm.
0: and studying the text is also a transcendental exercise because, as I say, we do it in a certain way, because you can do it in a in a in a in a, in a, in a rational way, hmm. a limited rational way, rather than a transrational way, under the guidance of a of a Hm? under the guidance of one who has faith, who's who's experiencing the 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 Bhagavatam. The way Vyas is, it's
1: hmm.
0: excited about that. That'll be contagious.
1: Hmm.
0: Otherwise, and, and so that's what we do here. And we read the commentaries, and and um, and um, and that with a view to um, kind of get our intellect, out of the way, <laughs> so that we can uh, so we can serve. Hmm let the heart come out. Arrest the intellect. Hmm? Not that you will arrest Krishna, but you will arrest the intellect. Hmm? Let Bhakti arrest your intellect. Does that help? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, an important uh, point, and it's easy to be um, engaged in kind of an intellectual sleight of hand by learning and and. Uh, thinking you've gone somewhere, you may have. Theoretical learning is helpful, but it has to translate out into the practical hmm. and uh, and fuel the practice when it's something else along those lines. We can define faith as a
1: super-subjective meditative knowing experience?
0: Well, that's a little complicated. Um, <laughs> I would say... Um, to keep it more simple that um, that um, faith is a kind of knowing because it removes doubt that transcends the doubting faculty within us which is our intellect and here we speak about divine faith and analogously or by analogy we can understand that this happens materially. Hmm? That materially when we have faith in something
1: hmm,
0: Um then we don't we do it without having to think about it and doubt about it and so forth and so we're talking about that's kind of a partial knowing hmm? and this is about a comprehensive knowing because the, the the question is how do you arrive at comprehensive knowing hmm? we'll say not by reason hmm? and that's very reasonable. Hmm? And so that's that's not a hard point to make, that you cannot arrive at comprehensive knowing by reason. And so that leaves us with: well, is it possible to have comprehensive knowing? Hmm. People are busy trying to arrive at it with with uh, uh, with intellect, empirical evidence, and then and then observable evidence and reasoning about it. Basically, there are people like that. They think they're smarter than everybody, which shows how foolish they are. But, uh, but um, um, I think it's it's e- it's easy to make the point that if there is comprehensive knowing, e- e- these faculties, um, you know, what we can observe, what we can observe is limited, in the first place. You know, so you've got a rover on Mars, a robot on Mars that's telling you it's flat here, it's bumpy over here, you know, got a little magnesium over here, whatever, I don't know what it does, you know. know. Not a lot of gravity today or whatever, you know. So, you know, you're observing Mars, I mean, mean, how many planets are there? How many universes, galaxies? Your capacity to observe is, is extremely limited, Yes, it's been extended from previous times in one sense, because we could see with the eyes. Now we can get glasses, we can get telescopes, microscopes, and so on and so forth. And means of conveyances have improved and so on. But, I mean, they used to think, and not long ago, there was, what, I don't know, a few galaxies or one or something, and they did that Hubble telescope, and they found there were like 500 million or something galaxies. I mean, where do you begin? To observe everything, how everything works everywhere. I mean, this is it's a preposterous idea. Hmm? So, observation means this is empirical evidence. You can only gather so much of it. Hmm? You can only gather it in certain areas. How do you know it's not contradicted in other areas? So, it's 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 um, it's a very um, limited way of knowing. I could say, well, it may be a limited way of knowing, but it's the best we've got
1: hmm?
0: well you may think that it's the best you've got but but um but we differ, and we um emphasize that it it, it has its value, but it will you will not arrive at comprehensive knowledge from that hmm? and and either from that which you do can observe, and the reasoning that you can do about it. In fact, if you if you reason well about observable evidence, you come to the conclusion I'm coming to. It. Well, we can't observe everything, <laughs> and so our capacity to know everything is, is, is we're not going to arrive at it by this. Hmm? So well, we don't. We may not arrive at it, but we're going to keep doing it and keep knowing. And the, the quest to know should never be discouraged, Swami. Hmm? We say yes, but we believe that there is a, that these are, this is a, a um, flawed method. Hmm? It will never be successful in perfectly knowing. And we feel that perfect knowing is, is possible. Hmm? And you feel that way too. <laughs> but you're trying it with imperfect methods and just saying, well, it's the best method we got. And they keep getting better all the time which means you, you think you're, you still have faith in this way of knowing. We don't, hmm? in terms of comprehensive knowing. We have faith in it on, on some level, and we live on it. Some of the knowledge is gathered from it, and we respect it and so forth, but, but it will only go so far. We have another deity that we bow before, and it's not empirical, observable evidence, hmm? based on sense perception or the reasoning about that that may extend one's knowledge further we think that's floyd floyd and so our interest in is revelation oh what you're going to read the revelations from the bible and know everything no uh or, <laughs> what we mean by that is that that that, that uh, the uh, reality has the power to reveal itself, hmm? should it be? So, should it? Should it? Should it so desire? Your looking at it has led you to believe that it has. That 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 you are the knower, and it's to, it's what is to be known, which puts you in a superior position. But the fact of the matter is that which is to be known is in a superior position over you, and, and, and you can't know it comprehensively. You see yourself as the knower, and hmm? the objective world to be known. Hmm? Then you. Then, but then, you, of course, then you identify yourself with the objective world. I'm also matter, and I mean it's it's it confusing. <laughs> but um, but the world has the upper hand. Hmm? The knower, the observer. Hmm? The world has the upper hand. <laughs> it can't be known <laughs> comprehensively. Mm. But the knower thinks, "I'm the knower. Mm. Who knows more? Mm. World <laughs> knows in a way. It knows. It, it, it knows more. Mm. It's unknowable mm. by the knower. It's ahead of the knower. It's, it's superior to the knower. It's, un- it's unknowable." You're a knower, but you're up against the unknowable. So, what's your position? Hmm? So, <laughs> so we have a different idea, and the idea is that not by observable evidence alone or by reasoning, hmm, um, will we come to comprehensive knowing, but comprehensive knowing is possible, and comprehensive knowing constitutes becoming perfectly um, satisfied.
1: Hmm.
0: among other things. Hmm. That's the ba- the baseline. Hmm. And um, and we say that in order to arrive at perfect knowledge, you have to have a perfect method. So, you can't defeat that argument. You can't say that by an, imp- you are an imperfect method, you, can, you keep trying with an imperfect method, you admit it's imperfect, and, but it's, so we're not doing that. We don't believe in that. Hmm. And, um, we say there is a perfect method, and the perfect method is that, like this, you fold your hands hmm? if you love someone, they'll tell you all the secrets
1: hmm?
0: though love knows no reason, love transcends reason, so our way of knowing is by loving how's that hmm? to know you to know him is to love him there used to be a song like that from the fifties to know, no, no. You is to love, love, love you, something like that. <laughs> so, um, and then, of course, we articulate a path of wise knowing, well, well reasoned, or wise loving, I should say, well reasoned loving. It's, a, it's the yogic form of 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 of, of loving, mm-hmm. and it has its posits its object and it gets its um guidance from the experiencers, the rishis, hm. And so we got our school, we got our scientists, we got our we got our data from them. Hmm. We got our data, we got our book, and we proceed along the same lines and we get the same data.
1: Hmm? And
0: we're happy. <laughs> and we're also happy with unknowing. Hmm? you are not burdened by the need to know everything. And a lot of the knowing of today is to release, relieve people of the burden of living. Instead of pumping the water, you can just turn the faucet. Right? So this is much largely because of the worldview of what I am. The the knowing is for making life easier. We make it easier by loving. Because we need less. Hmm? And a little healthy exercise we know is good for us too. We also know that. (laughs) But by less wants, hmm? less desire. Hmm? We don't. We don't need as many things. We 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 have things. We may use things, technological things, for the purpose of spreading Krishna consciousness. You don't need it to become Krishna conscious. You don't need a computer to chant Hare Krishna, hmm? right? Hmm? So, so why all the effort? you know, who, who's better at it? You're making all this effort to make your life easier, basically, materially speaking. Hmm? We're saying that, that that's that's a never-ending a never pursuit. Hmm? It's a never-ending pursuit. Because the way in which you're trying to make people happier is by fulfilling their desires and encouraging other desires, creating other desires. Hmm? We say that the desires themselves, like the Buddha has said, this is, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And so we um, f- see the futility of desiring in relation to sense objects above and beyond what's necessary to pursue the course uh, that, that we've been offered, mm-hmm. which has a different result. It has to have a different result. Mm-hmm. It's completely. It's it's the antithesis in one sense, hmm? sense pursuit, for my, for the, for the my, for securing and gratifying my sense of self, and releasing that sense of self. That's that's a that, that is never going to be secure, never going to be satisfied. Just letting go of it, hmm? and pursuing a different, otherworldly sense of self Mm. which is a really great way to live in the world Mm. in this world Mm. sustainable (laughs) self-sustaining it's about a self that is is self-sustained so very reasonable Mm. and um and we use our intellect to think about all these things. <laughs> and, uh, and that's the, the proper use of it. Mm. What's the time? Anything else? All right, we'll stop there. Shri Shri Gauri Vaishnav Guru Paramparaki Jai. Gaur Nitanam Daki Jai. Gaur Bhaktavrinda Kijai. Gaur Pre Manam